The Daily Tap is live for Friday. We will talk about the torch being passed from the Bucks to the Warriors as the Warriors win the NBA Finals. We'll talk about Game 6. We will discuss the Bucks-Warriors hypothetical. We'll talk about next season. whole bunch of stuff. We'll get into that. Then we will talk about the Brewers being dumbasses and their dumb loss tonight. How many dumb losses have they had in the year? A couple other things in three takes and out. And then everybody's favorite Friday game, properly rated, overrated, or underrated. Before we get going, just a reminder, on social media, tapping the keg. On Twitter, tapping the keg sports. On Instagram or TikTok, you could find my rant about the new kids on the block wearing Boston Celtics jerseys uh, in the Fiserv Forum on Wednesday. Uh, just a ridiculous look for them. I'm so happy Boston lost tonight. Uh, that just made it so much better. Uh, very happy for that. Uh, there was some. I've got a little bit of heat on TikTok. I'm not gonna lie. That's okay. I expect the 15 year olds to come hot and heavy, uh, yelling at me, telling me to cry more. It's not that serious. All that stuff. They don't get it. They don't understand. That's all right. Learn content one time for me. Also, too, make sure that you're telling your friends about what we're doing tapping the keg podcast we appreciate any shares we appreciate all the listens this week been a good listening week uh shows you what happens when i actually do the podcast at night put it up at overnight so when you guys get up at four or five or you get up in the middle of the night with the baby you can have us on and listen we appreciate it i get that feedback i will try my damnedest to always give you a podcast to listen to in the morning because the results show up and that's what we have to do, especially if that's what we're seeing in the summertime, when there is less and less time to be to be basically listening to podcasts. Although I did say today, I knocked out like three and a half, which is a little absurd, not gonna lie. Well, no, I think it was more like three because one was like a half podcast, whatever, it doesn't matter. All right, let's talk about the Golden State Warriors pass, getting the torch passed from the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are no longer the defending NBA champions. That belongs to the Golden State Warriors yet again. The Golden State Warriors have won their fourth title in the last eight years. The Golden State Warriors caught fire in game four and never looked back. Now, I do think part of that was due to the Boston Celtics finally running out of gas. It's a team that I think was basically playing like a perpetual back-to-back. We talk about this a lot with Mitch and I about how in back-to-back games, usually the first half, that team comes out red hot. They feel good. The legs are great. And then in that second half, it starts to go to shit, especially if that first game of that back-to-back was taxing. The Game 7 you know, series with the Milwaukee Bucks, the Game 7 series with the Miami Heat, finally wore down on the Boston Celtics. And the moment got too big for their youngest star, Jason Tatum. I do not want to hear Jason Tatum as a top five player. I think that we all know that. I think that we also understand that Jason Tatum would not have been on this pedestal if Chris Middleton was healthy, which we'll get to in a second. And we've talked about at great length. It probably makes us sound like losers, but I don't care. Facts are facts. We know that the Bucs were a better team than this Boston Celtics team. They were the best team in the East, and they should have matched up against Golden State Warriors, and we were robbed of that. Hopefully, we get Golden State and versus Milwaukee next year to settle it once and for all. 
But the Warriors are now the champions. It's no longer the Bucks. There's going to be a lot of talk about dynasties. There will be talks about if this is the best big three of all time, which is a little hyperbole in my opinion. I think they're, of this generation, absolutely, 100%. But there have been big threes throughout the eras, right? This is going to be known as the Golden State era. It's going to be known as the Steph Curry era. This is not the LeBron era, which is crazy to say. LeBron really had a short time period that was his. Golden State has extended their dynasty. I think we all believed here in Milwaukee that this last year was the start of the Giannis era. That this was the beginning of Giannis Antetokounmpo rising from the top and basically having this next five or six years. Now, could it still be the Giannis era? For sure. Absolutely. Golden State might not be done winning titles, but... They are getting older. Steph Curry is not necessarily a spring chicken, and he is injury prone. And who knows if this is the Warriors' last run. They do have Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, who are the next generation of Golden State Warriors, and something that we've been harping on the Bucks to do and kind of grow their sort of roster and deepen their roster with young talent where basically it's the next generation. So we'll see if those guys become, you know, all-star type players, guys who you can trust for a long playoff run. We're not there yet. So who knows if this Warriors dynasty is going to get extended a la like a supercharged version of the San Antonio Spurs or if this is the last of it and the Milwaukee Bucks will assume the throne because the Bucks win two titles in three years, let's just say next year, it will start then getting talks about dynasties for the Bucks. We love to talk about dynasties in sports. We love to talk about them in the NBA especially. And eras are defined by teams. And Golden State definitely has a stranglehold over the last decade. But I do wonder with the following decade, will that be Milwaukee's turn? So is this a temporary torch passing or is Golden State going to go on another run? Could this be similar to what we saw with the Chicago Bulls back in the 90s where the Bulls had a couple of years because Michael Jordan gambled on basketball. JK, I don't know if he did, but come on. Let's all believe a little conspiracy. And he was asked to leave for a couple of years. And then Michael Jordan came back and won three more titles. I find it very hard to believe that the Golden State Warriors are able to do that. Now, I do think the West is weaker, but I think the talent pool is so much deeper than it was in the late 90s for Jordan. I just think Golden State will have to deal with Phoenix at least for maybe one more year, right? Because Chris Paul is likely going to stay unless Phoenix decides to go Miami Marlins on us, which I would not put it past the Phoenix Suns, by the way. You have the Clippers who are going to be back at full strength. You're going to have potentially Los Angeles Lakers if they ever figure out the clusterfuck of their team and LeBron James for one more ride. And there will be other, Luka is another name, right? But again, Jason Kidd. I, look, Jason Kidd started hot with the Bucks, and then it, it all went to shit. So don't don't be surprised if this just goes away. Denver Nuggets are also going to be there. So there are going to be people that are readily available to take over the throne from the Warriors. This Warriors team will not get to waltz into the next three finals. And who's ever waiting for them, whether it's Milwaukee, whether it's Boston again, whether it's Philadelphia, you know what, those teams are going to be going to give it their all and will provide a real challenge. So I don't necessarily see a second run. I really don't. I think this is their probably their last one. This is probably their swan song. 
this is a good i mean it's a huge swan song it's a it's exactly what you want it is kind of the solidified it's the exclamation point on steph curry's career and basically he looks at this and says I'm not saying he's going to retire. He could play. I think he could play until he's like 40 or 43 because of the way he shoots the basketball and just the ability to hang out in a corner as an old man. I don't know if he can, you know, we'll see. But Ray Allen played forever. I think Steph Curry could do the exact same. And, but I do think that this dynasty is not necessarily going to restart. I do. I think the Warriors are going to have a lot of challenges. And I, and I do think the Bucs can build their own dynasty. But what could the Bucs learn from Golden State and learn from their run? A, keeping their guys together, I think is number one, right? And making sure that your core stays intact and that the relationship between the core is very real and that they have each other's backs. Taking chances on talent. We saw this with Andrew Wiggins. I've mentioned Malik Monk, like I'm blue in the face. But like that's a perfect example of a guy similar to Wiggins where you're taking a chance or a Jared Culver which is a lesser version right Jared Culver was the sixth overall pick uh, out of Texas Tech he's amounted to absolutely nothing in the pros but and going to be a free agent next season but again you're taking a chance on talent that's little things that can make yourself better building your roster and trusting that roster and not going with the old reliable the fact that Javon Carter did not pressure Jalen Brown when Jalen Brown can't fucking dribble the basketball will keep me up at night. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I, I'm going to think about that. Even though Chris Middleton wasn't playing, I think that if Javon Carter plays, man, I don't know. I Things could have been different. We'll, I'll just leave it, leave it there. And so I think that that's stuff that you can learn. And how do you develop? The Bucs have been very shitty at developing talent. Jordan Nora should have been a rotational guy for us this year. He wasn't. Why? Is it Bud's system? Is it the fact that Nora didn't have the confidence? Was he scared of Bud? Who knows? But Jordan Nora should have been a reliable, off-the-bench, three-point guy, a guy who could fill up the bucket, and he wasn't that. Will uh, Sandro be that guy? I don't know. Um, Will Sandro's development be halted? Could he be sort of in line to take over for Brooke Lopez after Brooke Lopez's contract's up? Not advocating a trade for Brooke Lopez. Don't don't get that twisted. But I, I do think that the Bucks have a long way to go in terms of developing young guys. Javon Carter, again, could be something there for them. Uh, but they need to nail this draft. And we'll talk a lot about the draft next week as we get closer. You know, we have one week. We have no room to breathe, right? We go right into the draft. I know a lot of people already are already talking about it, but Mitch and I will have a draft preview show probably, gosh, I, I would say we'd probably do it Tuesday, maybe even Monday. Um, so we'll connect on that, but you'll have a draft preview from the boys uh, sooner rather than later. So you have a couple days to listen before it gets stale on you, or then you can look back and laugh. And then we'll have a recap show, and best belief, your boy will have a few cocktails for that one. So we'll we'll probably have fun that that Thursday night reacting to the first and second rounds. But yes, it is now the time for the Warriors. We will listen to the Summer of Warriors. We will listen to how do you beat the Warriors? Can you beat the Warriors? I will not let myself get too deep in a Bucks Warriors hypothetical. But the only thing I will say is that the Warriors had absolutely no size. The Warriors could have been taken to the basket with Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
it could have happened all game long. And Giannis could have had a massive series. I think Wiggins would have got canceled out by Chris Middleton. I think Steph Curry would have had a really tough time getting going with Drew Holiday. I think the Bucks match up actually really well with the Golden State Warriors. I think I said that in podcasts over the winter, where when you looked at the competition, I felt like the Bucks had a pretty good shot against the Warriors, even with their championship pedigree. And I still believe that. Now you could say, well, Charlie, the drop defense would be an absolute disaster against the Warriors. It might be, but they, the Warriors, they might have changed some things, right? Bud might have done some things differently to prevent that. I, I feel like Bud is not that dumb to play drop defense for an entire series against the Golden State Warriors. He might play it in game one. They get toasted. They adjust it. You see what happens. Everything there. Who knows? But I'm not going to let myself get too deep in a hypothetical for the Milwaukee Bucks because it just just doesn't matter, right? It just doesn't matter. It's over. Uh, it now belongs to the Warriors. Well, the summer of the Golden State. We'll see what teams do, especially in the West, to catch Golden State, right? What do what do the Lakers do? Trust me, look, the fact that LeBron James now has the same amount of rings as Steph Curry is something LeBron knows. LeBron is definitely there. Now, he was cheering on Curry. I don't know if he was tonight, but he definitely has been throughout the series. And so, yeah, but still, LeBron knows him and Curry are now tied from a rings perspective. That matters. That is very important to LeBron. What the Lakers can do with their roster, I have 0.0 idea. But they are going to try to do something creative. Mark my words. And every other team is going to chase them in the West. And then the East, I still think it's the Bucs and everybody else. I can't believe that the Nets have better odds than the Bucks. Bucks are plus 800 uh, at opening odds for next season. If you want to put in a long-term future, be my guest. I'm not that type of guy, honestly. Um, although it's kind of a tasty one, right? I might. If I cash out this, maybe I will. I might. If the Bucks are at 800, right? Like getting that is really juicy for, for Milwaukee because that's, I mean, that's something you just don't necessarily see. And feel like you could make a real splash there but who knows we'll we'll wait and see on that but yeah i think it's the bucks and everybody else we'll see what happens though because we got a long way to go we have the draft obviously this week we have then free agency the following week pat and bobby's decisions are coming down the pipeline i believe on the 20 or pat i think can decide on the 19th and bobby has to decide on the 26th so those are those are coming. So we might have a Pat Connaughton decision on Sunday. I doubt it. Um, I would imagine that it's something we get sooner. We get the following week, not necessarily this weekend. And then Bobby's decision, which I think is the other one that looms quite large. But we'll see what happens. And definitely a good NBA season. Not the NBA season that I think we expected, but at least the Boston Celtics did not win the title because I could not have dealt with that. That would have stuck in my craw. Boston is Milwaukee's real rival. Remember when Mitch and I did that podcast? Oh, gosh, I can't even remember now. We did a whole podcast about who the Bucks' real rival was or who are the Bucks' rivals. And I think the tier right now is the Celtics are absolutely their number one rival. I think you will get Bucks Celtics opening night on TNT, probably in Boston. Um, I think that will be a, a game you'll see. Um, and then I think it's the Heat following them in that tier two and i think tier three is the raptors still the raptors are a team 
the Bucks have to overcome in the playoffs. Like I, I do feel like that's a box they still need to check. I picked Philly probably at tier four, right? I think Philly would be at tier four, and then I think the Nets at tier five. That would be my rivalry tiers, if you will, on the Eastern Conference for the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, let's move on to the baseball team that is called the Milwaukee Brewers and a team that drives me absolutely crazy. The Brewers were trying to win a series for the first time since on the road in San Diego back in May. So basically a month ago, that's when the Brewers were trying to win their first series against the New York Mets. It looked good. Brewers were up 4-1. to one. was feeling good. Aaron Ashby gives up a home run to Mark Canna. And then the game's tied. And then the Brewers act like idiots in, in the infield in the eighth inning. And then in the ninth inning, Hunter Renfro gets sent. Uh, for God knows what reason, uh, Jason Lane, I think, got ahead of himself. I think it was because of Edwin Diaz's dominance on the mound, even though I hated how Jeff Levering posed it. Like, well, they couldn't, maybe not, it's unrealistic to think they could have got three hits off Diaz. Like, why the fuck not? Like, the Brewers are a good team. Like, we're not the fucking Tigers. Like, the Brewers should be able to get three hits off Edwin Diaz. I don't care how good Edwin Diaz is. Like, the Brewers should have the ability and the talent to try to rattle Diaz, who did not have his best stuff tonight. Point blank, right? And I hated that. And I hated the fact the Brewers lost dumb tonight. I can deal with getting your ass kicked. I can deal with not having it offensively. I can deal with a back and forth juggernaut game where nobody's nobody can pitch. It's just like a hot box game. You could see that in Cincinnati this weekend, right? But I can't deal with dumb losses. Dumb losses for baseball drive me crazy because I am of the church that every game matters. And the fact that the Brewers pissed this one away is really tough. It's a extremely tough pill to swallow considering the fact now the Mets have the tiebreaker. Now, granted, they play each other again for three games in September. But the fact is, is like if the Brewers get hot, like let's just say they get scalding hot in June or July and August and they're fighting for the top spot, you're never going to have the tiebreaker over the Mets. And you'll have to wait till September to maybe get that. And even so, you could be 3-3 three and three if you take the series against New York. You don't have that cushion. That cushion is gone. The Mets now have the quintessential advantage there. And I realize that might be getting ahead of ourselves, but still, I don't care when it's a dumb loss because dumb losses are stuff that just kills you from a record perspective if the brewers win tonight they are one game back of st louis which is perfectly fine they are 36 and 29 sounds a lot better than 35 and 30 as they're only five games over 500 now they're one and a half back of the wild card spot with the giants and only two back of the cardinals cardinals have a very tough series this weekend against the boston red sox the brewers are facing cincinnati who's been improved i'll admit that i think Cincinnati's playing decent baseball, and Hunter Green has finally looked like a top-notch pitcher who they face tonight. But still, the Brewers can take advantage of that. If the Brewers could win two out of three against Cincinnati, then you're at, that, you're looking at a four and five road trip. It's not ideal, but it's not the worst thing in the world. It's at least a little bit better if you're able to sweep Cincinnati. That's a five and four road trip, and you have a ton of momentum going into a massive four-game series against the Cardinals next week at AmFam Field, where I feel like the Brewers are having trouble selling tickets when they're trying to give away tickets because of Craig Council's 563rd win. 
that's to me does not signal good. I did think about going, but I was like, you know, it, I don't know. I we could talk about baseball and just you, the overall work life. I I work now to like five thirty each day, so now it's a little harder for me to get to ballpark. Now could I adjust that schedule and work at five and go see the Brewers for sure? And maybe I will. Maybe I'll talk to my wife and be like, hey, do you want to go to one of the games this next week? Just kind of have an itch to go. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe I'll put something together and, and go either Monday or Tuesday to the ballpark to see the Brewers. Now, they usually struggle when I'm at the park, but that is life. So be it. But anyways, uh, the Brewer, back to dumb losses. Uh, you know, the Brewers have had a lot of them uh, this year. Actually, tw- I counted it up. 25% of the Brewers' losses, basically, if you're rounding, have been dumb, where I qualify it. And I won't go through all of them, but I picked out seven games. If you had to rank you know, which ones have been the dumbest, I would say this is right up there with that first Cubs loss they had. I mean, both the Cubs games were really dumb that they lost in Wrigley uh, in May, late May when kind of losing streaks began. Uh, but the one, the first one was awful. That was, I think, by far the dumbest loss of the season. Um, and San Diego was really bad on the road uh, where they just left everybody on base continually throughout the night. And then they finally lost in the 10th inning. That one is all-time bad. And then I think this Mets one kind of falls underneath it. And if you want the full full ratings, hit me up on social, Tabby the Keg or Tabby the Keg Sports. But yeah, it's that's a dumb loss. And you just can't have those. And especially when you're trying to kind of dig yourself out, right? Like... I think I would be less mad about this if the Brewers had, let's say, been 500 for the month. And they're just, you know, playing baseball. They, they did it well against the Nationals, who, by the way, are 20 games under 500, and they lost two games to them. And those even weren't dumb losses, but I should chalk them up because losing a series to that team is pathetic. Like, that's that just can't happen. And if they go out and, let's say, they lose this series to Cincinnati Reds, that's a big fucking deal to me. I'm gonna be honest. Like if they're three and six, this this road trip's three and six with Washington and Cincinnati plus New York, that is absolutely inexcusable. I will say that right here. Because to me, you have to take advantage of the bad teams. And Cincinnati, while improved, is not a good baseball team. The Brewers have got to take advantage of that this weekend. They I'm not saying it's like must-win territory, but this series needs to be a good one. This needs to be Milwaukee's first good series since San Diego back in fucking late May before Memorial Day. It's absolutely crazy, right? And so I do I do really I do really hope that the Brewers kind of turn this around because I lose patience, not gonna lie. It's just kind of at the point of no return for me. I'm not like quitting on the season. It's again way too early for that shit. But I am sort of getting to my breaking point of like I might hate this team. But I think you could do a podcast, and maybe will, about like the roller coaster of being a baseball fan. Because I, I do think you go through this for an entire year where it's like for three weeks, four weeks, you hate the team. For three or four weeks, you're like, yes, I love watching baseball again. And then for two or three weeks, you absolutely hate your life and everything sucks and nothing else matters. It's very rare that you have like an easy street season. Like what the Yankees are going through right now is heaven on earth as a baseball fan. It just is. They don't lose. They are they have 16 losses on the year. They're 47 and 16. 
Is it better when the Yankees are this juggernaut? Absolutely. 100%. I will go, we'll do properly rated, overrated, underrated, but that to me is an underrated thing is when the blue bloods in a sport are good because it just makes it more fun to cheer against them. Especially, Brewers don't really have a stake with the Yankees, but that to me is is something that will drive seats. And I think that's great for baseball. And baseball loves that. And I think that will really help the sport in general. So I'm all for the Yankees being good. It still annoys me. That's okay. Um, and who knows? Maybe if the Brewers tank, we can we can trade some guys to Yankees, get some guys on our on our side of the house. Who knows? But that's highly unlikely. All right, let's do the last two takes here. Uh, if you forgot, this is three takes and out. We took three takes from the Brewer game. Talk about them. Sometimes we go at length like we did with the dumb losses. Uh, but the other two things that are on my mind, number two was Yelich's big moment. Um, so Yelich had a chance to drive in Tyrone Taylor after all the dumbassery with Hunter Renfro and Jason Lane. And Yelich could have been the hero there. He struck out on three straight pitches. I like that Yelich was aggressive at the start. Like, he didn't fuck around. He was waiting for pitches. He get, he, But the approach after the first pitch was really rough. And it was a rough, rough at bat. And I just wonder if Yelich is pressing too hard in late game situations. I think that Yelich has this vision of, like, having this moment where it all sort of breaks out for him, a la the natural, and the lights are, are coming out, and everything, and fireworks, the whole fucking thing. I just think Yelich needs to relax and treat it like the rest of the game. He He's playing well. I, I know people are going to be frustrated that he struck out and ended the game, but like Yelich right now, to me, is one of the best players on the Brewer roster. I think a lot of that energy should be focused on Willie Adonis, who continues to struggle. I know he had a decent game on Wednesday, but he went 0 for 4 again. It's like he's not necessarily playing like he needs to be. He needs to make more contact. He should probably be taken down in the order. But Council likes his you know lefty-righty bullshit matchups and things like that. So I do think that Yelich will get that big moment at some point, but he needs to not force it. And I think right now he's forcing it. Number three is Aaron Ashby's injury. Now, I thought that I must have missed it. I was flipping between the finals and the Brewers, and I missed him giving up the home run. I missed that he went out with injury. So like, I tweeted out, and I deleted it because I was like, ah, I don't want to sound like an idiot. But that Ashby was basically not ready to be a big league starter. That his last month has been a complete clusterfuck. He's not pitched well. Either it's the book on Ashby is out or he needs to adjust what he's doing. Um, so Ashby is probably heading for the IL with a forearm injury. I'd hate that to be a Tommy John. The Brewers have not had any sort of Tommy John stuff. You always get nervous once forearms. That's usually a sign of it. I really hope that's not the case. Um, the Brewers have been very fortunate to not have significant arm injuries and to lose Ashby and Peralta to arm injuries would be absolutely devastating. Now, where the Brewers go with their rotation, I don't know. I don't know if it's Brent Suter as an opener, and he's done it before, right? He hasn't done it in a long time, but is it Brent Suter for three innings? Is it bringing back up Ethan Small and seeing what Ethan Small has for you? They might try Chichi Gonzalez, which I think is going to be an absolute nightmare. I really hope Chichi Gonzalez does not pitch against the Cardinals, but that will probably be our luck. And... If that happens, everybody's owed a refund because Chichi Gonzalez is the worst fucking pitcher in baseball. And I cannot believe he's a member of the Milwaukee Brewers. I cannot stand him. 
And the reason why I can't stand him is because I've made so much money off Chichi Rodriguez. Like when Chichi Rodriguez is on the gambling list for the day and you're like, oh, I get to bet against Chichi Rodriguez. This is awesome. Or Chichi Gonzalez. I, I, sorry, Chichi Rodriguez is a old time golfer. Uh, so mistaken Chichis. I'm just also thinking about Chichis tortilla chips, which another properly over underrated, underrated chip. Do not sleep on the Chichis chips, man. They are fucking good. Uh, you can get them at any of your grocery stores. Um, I like the strips personally. Strips guy myself, but go with whatever whatever trickles your fancy. But anyways, yeah, Ashby is that being heard is not good. Um, even though he's struggled, I don't think Gonzalez is the answer. I would prefer Ethan Small. I'd prefer really anyone to Chichi Gonzalez. I would prefer the fu- fucking high schooler at Tosa West over Chichi. Uh, he is not a good player. Or, yeah, he's just bad. All right, let's move on to properly rated, overrated, or underrated America's favorite Friday game. So if you're unfamiliar, you don't listen to Friday shows, or you haven't checked in in a couple of weeks, shout out to those motorcycles who just prove time and again how small their penis is, if you heard that in the background. Uh, but properly rated, overrated, underrated is basically three things. It started with summer topics. I've moved it to other things. Uh, usually there's something bar adjacent, weekend adjacent to it, um, but stuff that just kind of pops in my head that I want to talk about. So for properly rated, I'm going to put nightclubs, just going out to the club. Now, you guys know we gas up our guy Shaycon all the time. I don't know where he is this weekend. I apologize to him that I don't have that on me. Should have probably done that. That would have been more in sync. But I don't think going to a nightclub is like an overrated thing or an underrated thing. I think a nightclub is something that's a nice change of pace, right? Like, you don't want to be a club rat. You don't want to go to the club every fucking weekend. That, to me, is way too much. That would be way too intense. Like, it's expensive there. The music's fucking loud. Like, it's just a good change of pace. To me, it's a it's a place you go. If you have people in town, it's a place you go. If you kind of want to turn up a little bit, it's a place in town if you want to impress people, right? And you want to make, make, like, kind of a statement a little bit, if you will. Like, bottle service is a fucking cool thing to have. I actually, you know what? Fun fact about me. I've never actually bought bottle service on my own. I had bottle service multiple times in my illustrious drinking career, but I've never really sparked the idea of bottle service. When I got bottle service last was my bachelor party, and that was, again, initiated by Shannon, and it was initiated by a couple of my other other, uh, party members, and we had a great time. Uh, lucid and that was a lot of fun i've definitely enjoyed my fair the one thing i will say about bottle service real quick in the overrated category is gray goose gray goose this is a bonus overrated gray goose is overrated vodka gray goose to me is the most overrated vodka it might be the most overrated spirit gray goose tastes like shit gray goose has like this little just a weird taste to it in my opinion i prefer absolute i prefer kind of one I prefer Belvedere. To me, like Belvedere is the the vodka that if you're stepping up, like that's the one. But I also feel like Tito's has done such a good job of cornering the market of like not too expensive, but not considered trashy. Like personally, like I'm fine drinking Svedka. I realize that Svedka 
is a little collegey. It's a little cheaper. But I'll drink Svedka any day of the fucking week. I've not had. I've had Kirkland's too, uh, the Costco brand. Not bad at either. If you're really kind of cheaping it a little bit, I'll still drink fucking really cheap ass vodka at a at a bar. I was at Joe Cat's last week, two weeks ago, and I had Gordon's vodka. And I got called a pussy for not drinking vodka sodas at another bar. The girl, one of the girls we were with, was like, "Why are you not drinking vodka sodas?" I got bullied into drinking a vodka soda, which was another story for another time. But anyways. Moving on to overrated. I know I gave out Grey Goose. I'm also going to give out Horns Down. The Actually, hor- yeah, just doing the motion of Horns Down is so fucking overrated. It's so played out. I want to do this whole TRL, retirement home. I wasn't able to pull it together. Trust me, at some point I will. Um, it's it's sticking there. It's out there. And the Horns Down was going to be a part of it. Because I'm like, we just need to retire that as like a viral thing. Oh, this guy did Horns Down. Oh my God. Gasp. Shock course and it's like this thing that we know triggers texas fans we know texas fans get triggered by it and i think because they are they act like such babies when it happens that's why we continually talk about it if they didn't act out about horns down no one would fucking talk about it no one would talk about it i'm dead serious if they just let it happen and they were like we don't care and don't care online it wouldn't be a big deal all right, like doesn't matter, right? Why, you know, who cares, right? It's you. You love to be hated. Texas hasn't been relevant in goddamn anything for a long time, and still we're doing horns down all the time as like this big thing. But Texas also yields so much power where they're like, hey, we don't like this, so the horns down thing continues. I, there's a fucking anthem singer that's not allowed to be at the College World Series because he did horns down. Texas in action there against Notre Dame. But yeah, horns down, just overrated as all hell. As for underrated, I'm going to shout out the Summer Solstice, an event here around where I live uh, on North Avenue. The Summer Solstice hasn't taken place in three years. This will be the first one since 2019. It is always a good time. Summer Solstice is a little different. Um, You know, the bars seen here is not the same. There's now Upper East Bar, uh, which was formerly the East Sider. Uh, so that's cool um, that we'll be able to drink there after it wraps up or if we just want to change the pace. Uh, but yeah, it's to me one of the things that kind of gets forgotten because there's not a lot to do here anymore on North Avenue. I shouldn't say that. There, There is stuff to do, but it's it's more mature, right? It's not You're not really letting your hair down on North Avenue. You're not getting buckled on north avenue i mean could you absolutely like izzy hops is a beer bar they have a ton of heavy crafts same with hacienda you'd probably be shitting your pants by the end of it if you like did heavy crafts at izzy and heavy crafts at hacienda and then finish it off with von trier and the german beers like that see but see that's exactly what i mean though you're not going to any of those spots for light beer you're not saddling up with a miller light tall boy you're not saddling up with a vodka soda so it's not necessarily a place you get drunk, but it should be a fun street festival. I hope everything goes according to plan. The weather, unfortunately, which sucks for them, is like the weather's been so hot and so warm. Been awesome to have an outdoor festival. And then on Saturday, it's going to get down to 65. It's going to be comfortable for us big guys. We talked about the big guy survival guide on Wednesday's show. But yeah. It's it's a fun event. I'll be out there. Um, if you're going to be hanging around, make sure to say hi. 
Um, I always like to talk to people uh, and like to interact. And we can talk Bucks, we can talk Brewers, we can just not even talk about sports. We can talk about something completely random. And of course, as always, I will buy you a beer. I, I think that the buy you a beer, I've, I've done that, God, I don't know, three years, four years now. I think what I need to do is I think how we iterate and how we, or not iterate, how we ideate this is, you know, I was saying the QR codes for like following us, uh, subscribing to us, like sending me a subscribe that I subscribed and then I Venmo you a beer. So we put, so we put the, put it in like bars, set it up in bars, like coasters or stickers or, and ask the bartenders like, Hey, can you, can I, we use these coasters or podcasts this is what we're about. And, and then, and then we have like a scan, you scan it. It's like a link tree, whether you subscribe to Apple or Spotify. And then something noting that if you subscribe and send me a screenshot, I'll buy you a beer. I kind of like that. I like that idea. It's a little more complicated, but it's it would be fun. And I'd be happy to buy people beers uh, for subscribing. And hey, here I, I'll put it this way. You give me, you send, you review my podcast this week or give me a rating this week. Screenshot it, send it to me on Twitter or Instagram, whether DM or not, and I will Venmo you five bucks to have a beer. I would think that will cover you. If you're in a bigger city where $5 wouldn't cover you, I get inflation, everything, I will add an extra couple dollars. You just let me know what a domestic beer will cost you, and I will buy it. You just got to show me the rating. You got to show me the review. And it, it could be either or. Or if you're firing our podcast into a group chat. For those who are my friends who I'm in group chats with, you are ineligible. Sorry. All right. That does it. I've talked far long enough. Wow. I went 34, 38 fucking minutes on a Friday. Summer Friday. Wow. All right. Take care, guys. Have yourself an awesome day. And we'll be back next weekend. Happy, or next week, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Uh, shout out to them, uh, the tapping, the keg dads, uh, and my dad himself. I don't, my dad wants to listen to my podcast, and he actually never has. And I haven't got his, like, basically his phone set up for his, his car. And I, I do get scared if he actually listens, and he's like, you talk about that? Like, do you know your business? Like, ah, I, I don't know, but I love him. And I look forward to watching the Brewers and golf with him on Sunday. We'll be back on Monday. We'll talk Brewers. Um, we'll probably do Chuck's Corner on golf. And who knows? Maybe some Buck stuff comes out this weekend. Maybe the Pack content decision. Um, and who knows? Maybe the Packers too. Um, it, worlds are oyster, right? All right, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.